Remember, its root produces fruit. And whatever I am rooted to, whatever you were rooted to, is the fruit we're going to produce. Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch. Father, on this morning, uh, we assemble this group here today very intentionally, uh, very urgently, as believers all over the world throughout this day in a 24-hour cycle, there will be many that will, that will die for their faith. And so, Father, thank you that we could be here. Thank you that we could sing your praises. Thank you that we could be reminded, Father, that, that every one of us, myself at the top of the list, we're searching for answers. But thanks for reminding us, Father, that it's you and only you who provides those answers. And so, Father, whatever we bring into the room today, the brokenness, the pain, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the broken relationships, the heartache, the disappointments, the health concerns, the financial challenges, God, what we're going to do right now, whether we're online or whether we're here in person, is, is we just simply take all of that, all of those burdens right now, and we're going to obey you because your word says this, Jesus, that we are to cast our burdens on you. And so right now, we just heave them on you. Whatever you're carrying around today, whatever I'm carrying around that's, that's weighting us down and we're burdened. Literally, right now, in one accord, let's just let's take all of that and let's just heave it on Jesus. Because the Bible says He cares for us. So, Father, we just ask as we're heaving those burdens on You that You'd heal us, restore us, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, maybe all of the above. But as we dial into your word right now, right now, God, as we just dial into your word, Lord, never allow us to take this for granted. Grab a hold of our hearts. And Father, as I yield myself to you right now, Have your way with me, my mind, my heart, my mouth. Have your way. May we, O oh God, be a people that you would soften our hearts, remove any rebelliousness, And, oh, Father, we pray that Your Word would come alive today. May it stoke a fire. May the transformation in my life, in our lives, 
here today and online, God, I pray, may there be something so different. May the change be so marked and real that we would know it and that those around us would see it. So, Father, you take over. It's about you and your glory. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you and only you, my Lord, my rock, and my Redeemer. Oh, God, I pray, lastly, would you give me a divine unction that can only come from the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray He would move and stir in this place and online like never before. Oh Lord, bring the revival, bring the awakening, bring the reformation that only You can do. As we're all searching for answers that only You can provide. Oh God, we love You and we worship You. We bow before You today. And we pray this in the mighty the matchless and the risen name of the risen Savior, King Jesus, and all of God's people said, Amen. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, looking at verses 9 through 11. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you that our mission is very simple. It's very dialed in. It hasn't changed It's clear, it's compelling. Uh, We exist for the glory of God and to be disciples of Jesus that go and make disciples of Jesus. It's very tight, it's very succinct for a purpose that we can have it with great, great resonance in our mind and our heart and our soul that this is what Christ wants us to do. But now we have a new theme in 22. And the theme, as we've mentioned before, is simply this. We're, We're dialing back to the basics. Sometimes we overcomplicate life, don't we? Uh, We outthink ourselves often, whether it be work or sports or family, and even in the church house, often we need to dial things back. And what is it that the Bible says? What is it that the Bible shows is important? What is it that God wants us to do to accomplish the mission, to give Him glory, to be a disciple that goes and makes disciples? And part of dialing back in is understanding that it's joy, Jesus, others, you, me, in that order. And the cute preacher theme, because you got to rhyme if you're a preacher, amen? So it's Jesus, others, you, in 22. I know that's corny and cheesy, but prayerfully we can memorize it. And understand that really is the formula for joy, isn't it? And what a beautiful segue into our three verses today. As we just go verse by verse, you know this by now. I mean, uh, it's not overly uh, glamorous. Again, we're we're not the coolest church around. But man, I pray we are a faithful, Bible-believing. We know that prayer works. We know that discipleship is the mission. We know God's glory is what it's all about. And here we are in these three verses, 9, 10, and 11, with a sermon title from these verses, Serving Without Grumbling. You guys ever grumbled before? Got two grumblers over here. Gonna pray for the rest of y'all, amen? Why is it easy, rhetorical question, why is it so easy to grumble? 
I mean, do we have to work at it? Did anyone teach you or teach me, hey, I know you're in second grade, and I know you're going to be amazing, but let's kind of go off to this side room for a moment because we're going to learn how to grumble. It's just a natural outflow of the enemy of self. Planet me, planet universe, the me monster, right? Me planet. It's the war we're in. It's just where we are. Until for the true believer in Christ, if you're a true believer in Christ today, and I pray everyone is, that you've given your life to Jesus, your life is no longer your own, you're surrendered, you're a man, and a woman, a student, a child that's full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit as you're growing in sanctification If that's the case, we know this, as long as we're on this earth, in that sanctification process, ongoing change, becoming more like King Jesus, we know we're still going to struggle with the enemy of self. And it really comes back to, I'm not getting what I want, so I begin to grumble, right? Typically, the grumble starts out as a mumble, kind of a low simmering mumble, right? Mumble. Well, we mumble, and then we grumble, don't we? Well, what happens after we grumble often is we begin to, what, stumble. Because grumbling and focusing on me, focusing on you versus the gospel will always lead us to, at some point, we get tripped up. I'm not getting what I want, and I have this need in my life, and it's not being met, and what do I do? What do I do? Well, after we stumble, we begin to, got to throw in a football term, right? Amen? You begin to fumble, don't you? And what we see through the Scripture, though, and here is the real nugget, the real cliff notes on this, is that the more that we focus on self and not others, the more we focus on self and not the gospel, the more we focus on self and what I can get, the Bible is very clear on this, that for that person who does not repent, for that person who does not get away from that pattern of life through turning from that, they will eventually crumble. And you think about that whole process, it all started as a mumble. It's amazing how the enemy works, isn't he? He doesn't care which side of the boat you jump off of, just as long as you jump off the boat, right? He doesn't care. And what he typically does in my life that I can attest to is he gets me focused on me And then the mind begins to work, and the emotions begin to take over, and I'm not serving as I should. I can be serving, and I can be grumbling. Here's what the Word of God says as we open it together. I pray that our Bibles are open, our notepads are open. I pray that our hearts are wide open. Uh, Let's read verses 4, chapter 4. Let's read verses 7 and 8 of 1 Peter 4, and then we'll launch into 9 through 11. So here's what the Word of God says. Serving without grumbling, launching in. 7 and 8, chapter 4, 1 Peter. The end of all things is at hand. Okay, urgent, urgent, urgent from last week. Therefore, be, do something. Be self-controlled. How do you do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit, ultimately. And sober-minded, clear-minded. Why? For the sake of your prayers. We've got to remember that that if my thought life, if my mind is not clear-headed, that infection in my thinking will now infect my prayer life. He goes on, verse 8, above all, above all, 
most important thing here, keep. Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute, that means they're already doing it to some degree. Keep loving. Loving one another, how earnestly. We learned last week that that earnest love is is like a sprinter, and and the muscles are taunt, and they're tight, and there's great exertion going on. I mean, you're just running hard. You're like, I want to love well, and I want to be a person that denies myself, and and I'm going to keep racing towards the cross. Since love covers a multitude of sins, we need to be great overlookers at times, don't we, when people offend us? Because we offend people, don't we? I get offended, but I also offend. You get offended, but you also offend. Why? Because we're in these bodies of death. We're broken, we're fragile, we're frail, and we look away from the glory of God to our own glory, and the glory war begins to take over. That's why I got to remember, it's all about the outflow. What we take in is what we send out. Just make a note of that. What you take in, not just on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday especially, what you're taking in is what you're going to send out through your life. Garbage in, garbage out. Spiritual junk food, if you will. So many people that I talk with, their lives are unraveling. And they're struggling and they're going through so many difficulties and heartache and pain and, and you try as best as you can kind of as a spiritual doctor, if you will, to, to lead them in the right direction. You go, hey, you know, here's the diagnosis and I'm looking at the scans going, oh, this doesn't look good, but hey, I got great news, got great news, Here, here's the solution for you. And it's amazing in those situations how the enemy gets in there and he clouds, he deceives, he blinds, he tricks, he dupes, he seduces and people just take in spiritual junk food. Itching ears, happy, sappy, flappy, feels good. And they think that because they're happy, they're growing, but the reality is because they're walking in deception, they're actually regressing. And you see that so clearly through these verses because that self-control is actually achieved by surrendering control. Have you thought about that one? Well, you talk about something that wars against the flesh. Self-control by the power of the Holy Spirit is actually achieved by surrendering control. Any I love to surrender control freaks in the room today? It's hard, isn't it? And we want to manage it and we want to micromanage it. And we just, there we are. And, and God goes, wait a minute. The, the way to true contentment, the true peace, true joy is actually to surrender control by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it must be a self-feeder of God's word. Self-feeder. So with that, here's verse 9. 9 through 11. Show hospitality. Keep this all in context from 7 and 8. Show hospitality, 1 Peter chapter 4, to one another, what? Without grumbling. Hmm. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve who? Who church? One another. How? As good stewards. Make a note of that word. Of God's varied grace. Whoever, verse 11, speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Why? In order, here it is, here's the why, in order that in how much everything, here's the ultimate goal right here, 
God may be, help me church, glorified. How? Through Christ. To Him, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever and all God's people shouted. Amen. Don't you love the Word of God? Just love the Word of God. There's not a time that I'm in the Word of God that I get out of the Word of God that I close the Bible and go, but that was a waste of time. Now, there's a lot of times, to be truthful, that I don't actually want to get in the Bible. To be frank, I mean, there's times I just, I don't feel like it. I'm busy, whatever, right? Fill in the blank. But I am so glad every time I'm in the Word, when I come out of the Word, that I was in the Word. Amen? That's why we've got to press into it. You've got to pursue it. We don't, especially in this culture today, where a recent pastoral survey across America revealed that the greatest dire need from pastors all across this country that I just read this past week, and I was not a part of this, by the way, but they said the greatest need they see is to attack the apathy and indifference and lukewarmness they're seeing. But we just don't stumble into holiness. We don't stumble into the fear of God. We don't stumble into obedience. We don't stumble into revival. We don't stumble into awakening. We don't stumble into reformation. It takes a pursuit. We've got to make up our mind to go, you know what, this is what I want. This, this is what I want. I want this. It's changing my life. It's changing my family. It's changing my home. It's changing my marriage. It's changing my, it's changing my children. It's changing my church. It's changing my business. It's changing my ball team. This is what I want. We just don't magically end up there where there's unicorns and rainbows spiritually. It takes a pursuit. And here, Peter continues with this admonition to these believers that are struggling, they've been persecuted. There's people around them that just say, hey, you know, we don't need that. And you're chasing after this Jesus, and we're not all in for Him, and we're coming against you. And he says, look, here it is right here. He says, show hospitality from the love, from the verse 8 love. Show it. If someone came to you today and said, hey, I want you to show me a result. Show me something. What are they saying by that word show? Are they saying tell you about it? Are they, are they saying think about it? Are they thinking or saying, hey, you know what? Uh, just go home and even pray about it. No, what are they saying? Show me. They're, they're saying demonstrate. And here Peter is saying demonstrate, do hospitality. Now, you've got to remember, so in this context, you could legitimately argue from a hermeneutical standpoint from the Scriptures that, hey, these folks, many of them are on the run. They're being persecuted. I mean, like legitimate persecution, and they're struggling, and they're discouraged, and, and they're looking to tap out potentially. And he's saying, look, make sure that you rally the troops. Make sure you circle the wagons and say, wait a minute, we got to link arms. Everyone needs to, to take their position on the wall. Stand in the gap. 
There's something about this hospitality as Baptists, what we typically think of. <laughs> Food, right? Praise the Lord, amen? Can that be a component of hospitality? Sure. But hospitality doesn't originate in food. Hospitality originates in the blood of Jesus through his love, through his righteousness, that from that outflow, because you took in the inflow, you now have the love and the kindness towards other people. And sure, you do open your home. Yeah. There's something about when you get together and you take all the foolishness that we so often begin to talk about and think about that doesn't amount to anything. And we just begin to dial back into the fear of the Lord, the holiness of God, His righteousness, the obedience, the discipleship, the hunger for the Word, fervent prayer and desperation. And you begin to focus around those biblical concepts and you take all the other stuff and you go, let's shelve that for right now. Let's really deal with this because when we deal with this, all of this will take care of all of that. And we get together and we just begin to pray and fellowship and, and there's true koinonia a true love. And that's what Peter's talking about here. He says, show this hospitality, this kindness to who? To one another. And then he says this phrase, without grumbling. It literally means this, muttering usually in a low tone. <laughs> you guys ever done that before? <laughs> yeah, it's easy to do, isn't it? Mumble. Mumble's kind of like, you know, you're kind of almost like slurring your words, right? You're just kind of... Matter of fact, when you look at the context of the word, it, it, it's behavior that's actually like a child. So kind of think through that for a moment. So when I'm mumbling, I'm actually behaving like a child. And Peter says don't go there. It's not good. It's not going to create unity. It's going to create division. He says, do this again from the outflow. And I cannot say this enough. It is such a simple concept, but we all, I do, we all struggle with this to such a degree that it's all about where are our roots. Remember, it's root produces fruit. And whatever I am rooted to, whatever you were rooted to, is the fruit we're going to produce. That's why this key number one is so important. And here it is, key number one. As the gospel conforms us into the image of Christ, don't miss that, we through action, very important, we through action, demonstrating, showing, are to serve who? Others. How? Joyfully. Key number one, write this down in your notes. As the gospel conforms us, that's what it does. If it's real and true in your life, it's going to conform you into the image of Christ on an ongoing basis. We then, through action, we do something, are to serve others. How? Joyfully. And there's no ulterior motives you know, like sometimes it's just kind of fun when we kind of get together and we don't talk shop, like we just kind of hang out, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we talk about the ball game or I think that's okay with Jesus. 
that we're having just conversation, we're learning about people and hearing their story and, and their challenges so that we can better minister prayerfully. Because as we take in what their hurt is, we know that hurting people hurt people and broken people break people and wounded people wound people. And as we begin to help them unpack that through love and true concern and just fellowship of hospitality, Great unity begins to come onto the scene. If you want to be unified, begin to be very hospitable. But again, it's just not internal hospitality. It's also external. Clicks are one of the greatest cancers in a church. They will destroy a church. Clicks. Literally, I mean destroy and we get outside, and we start reaching out, and we sit at other tables, and we minister, and we care, and we share. And that's where you develop this true koinonia that Peter is talking about here. Others focused. We put self on the shelf. Intentionally, urgent, desperate. Because serving others helps drive unity, and being unified helps drive serving others it's going to be really, really difficult, church, hear my heart on this. It's going to be really, really difficult to be like-minded if we're not serving each other. I would argue it's impossible. We've got to constantly be looking outward. Where's the need? How can I stand in the gap? And you know this, don't you? Because the more we serve others, isn't there just a joy in that? Like, like right now, if there was a major crisis in our fellowship, uh, what's so beautiful is I know this, that there'd be many people that would say, hey, what can I do to help, right? I mean, I just know this. If there's a crisis, people are like, how can I help? How, how can I minister? How can I serve? I mean, they would jump into the scene. Imagine if we did that just not in a crisis and really begin to just look outside of self and how can I help? Well, what's the mission, pastor? What's the vision? How can I get behind it? What can I do just to get behind the mission? It's so simple and yet so complex in the flesh. I made a note here. I said several things. I'm going to just read these to you. I said this, those who complain the most typically aren't serving. The consumerism of the world has often hijacked the American church. You know, we, we kind of buy into the sit and soak mentality. And against the scheme of the enemy, it's a flavor of the day. How was the show today? Uh, you know, that was an eight, seven and a half. It's amazing how these things begin to just inundate us. Why? Because that's where we live in America. That's where we're, we're taught this. We're, you know, it's all week long. We're, we're taught, hey, it's all about me, advertising. The advertising helps us be discontent with what we really have. And it just creates a beast inside of us. And it's hard to not bring that in, isn't it? It's hard not to. And here Peter's saying, look, you've you, you got to be on your guard. You've got to do this. You've got to show it. You have to demonstrate it. If you just think about it and talk about it and pray about it even, but never actually do it, got to be tough sledding. You're listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. All of Pastor Couch's messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. 
In addition, you can share your prayer requests with us via email. Our email address for prayer requests is prayer at thisdayministries.org. That's prayer at thisdayministries.org. And now, back to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. I made this note as well. I said this, I have yet to meet one person who hungers and thirsts for the Word of God, who habitually complains, and who doesn't serve others joyfully. Haven't met that person yet who hungers and thirsts. I'm talking that they're hungry, they're thirsting, they're just like, man, I want to be in this, I want to be changed by it. It's all about His glory and His praise. I haven't met one person yet who truly hungers for this, who doesn't serve, and who doesn't do that joyfully. So if you want to step into contentment today, look away from self and just go serve somebody. Be hospitable. Be kind. Be gracious. That neighbor that you're thinking of right now across the street or behind you or to the side of your house that you can go over even in the midst of snow and just say, hey, just thinking about you today and my name, fill in the blank. Don't say John. That'd be kind of weird, especially if you're a woman, right? That'd be strange. But, but tell them your name and just say, hey, just introduce myself to you, and hey, here's a card from our church. We love our community. We want to see God just make a complete difference and transform our community for His glory. And hey, if I can help you and be of encouragement to you, uh, here's my, my number, by the way. Here's my mobile number. You get out and watch God bless that obedience. And what's so beautiful, you guys know this, you know this, The irony in this is that when you give, you receive, don't you? I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about your life. When you give your life away, you receive. The people in my ministry that I've been around that have been the most selfish, even while attending church, at the end of their lives are always the most miserable. Always, 100% of the time, the most miserable. And Peter says, look, I know, I know you're going through hard times and there's, there's struggles and there's difficulties to those believers then, and I know you want to quit and abandon ship and listen to all the nonsense, but here, stay the course is what he's saying. He's saying stay the course. And how do you do that? You begin to serve. Romans says it like this, 12. Romans 12, write this down, verses 9 through 13. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Uh, subtitle by the translators says, Marks of a True Christian. Here's what it says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, have nothing to do with it, hold fast, hold fast to what is good, cling to it, church, with desperation, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Wow. Powerful, isn't it? Powerful Word of God that shows us clearly. Key number one again, as the gospel conforms us into the image of Christ, we through action, we do something. Are to serve others joyfully. And they may hate you for it, and they may call you names. That's okay. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you for my name, Jesus says. 
For great is your reward in heaven. Rejoice. And that's why in verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 4, he says this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, not self, as what? As good stewards of God's very grace. So each one has received a gift. Some of us have multiple gifts and talents and abilities, but we all have something that we can do. We all have something that we can use, but you get a bunch of people working together. It's amazing what you can accomplish. You know, a football team, unless you want to get a penalty, has 11 guys on the field at one time. And you get 11 working as one. There's a mission, there's a vision. Uh, we're not over here going, I want this and I want that, and my needs aren't being met over here and over there. You just kind of go, this is the mission, and we're dialed into it. And it's amazing when you see those teams buy into that, what they accomplish. As everyone, as the old phrase goes, simply does their job. It's amazing what can be accomplished. But we know from James 3.16, it's not there on your, on your notes, but we've said this so often that where there's selfishness and envy, there will be confusion at every evil thing. We look away from self and we just serve others. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to serve people, even in the midst of resistance, lies, slander, deception. We still serve. Use it to serve one another. What's interesting, make a note of this in your notes. So that original word, that word serve here in this context comes from that diakonos word, which we get the word deacon. Not necessarily the office of deacon, of course. We're talking about just simply being a waiter, being a server. That's the whole point of being a deacon. We serve. How can we help? It always comes down to one simple thing. How can I help advance the mission? What can I do to propel the gospel forward? What can I do to make a difference? What can I do to reach those neighbors and those coworkers who, if they died today, would be eternally lost forever? And that's what we do. Good stewards, though. So here it is. Think about this. The word steward means this to be a manager. And the point of Peter here from this teaching, so the point of Peter from this teaching here is this, that we are to look away from self, we are to show hospitality, we are to serve very intentionally and look for the needs that we can fill, look for the needs that we can meet, look for those things, and then demonstrate, take action on it. Because here's his point. We're all going to give an account a steward is someone who's entrusted with. Often we think of stewardship as just financial. It's a component of stewardship. True stewardship, though, is our lives. That's where it all starts, outflow. So if you give your life to Christ, your time, your talent, and your treasure, those are going to be really easy to give away. But if you haven't given your life to Jesus, truthfully, there's going to be a tug of war in your life regarding your time, your talent, and your treasure. And that's what you see going all across America today. Hey, raise a hand, said a prayer, did a cartwheel, signed a card, loved Jesus, got the fire insurance, never really gave my life to him, and boy, I'm hanging on to my, my calendar. I'm hanging on to it. I'm hanging on to these abilities that could be used to serve the body and the community. I'm hanging on to these resources. 
That's the outflow of a life that's never been truly given to Jesus. We're going to be held accountable. And we're kind of like a, an electrical cord. You know, it's interesting, an electrical cord has that, that outer layer to it, doesn't it? You plug it in the wall, it's got the outer layer. It's not the outer layer that has the power. It's the electricity running through the outer layer. We're the electrical cords. There's no power in this guy. Other than this, the Holy Spirit living in this guy, Amen. Same with you, the true believer. There's no power in your shell by yourself apart from Christ. But when you've given your life to Christ, man, there is power. We just sung about this morning. There is power in the blood. And I just wonder how many people across our country today inside churches don't really believe that. There is power in the name of Jesus inside the individual that gives their life to Christ. And as we press in and we unify and we catch the vision and we get on mission and what can I do? What can I do to propel the gospel forward? Watch out, Chester. I believe God will bring the revival. And that's why key number two, write this down. Key number two in your notes. Here it is. Key number two. As God has blessed each of us with gifts and abilities, we are to use these to serve others not self. And here it is. Here's the key, though. As a billboard for God's grace, for His grace. Let me say that again. Write it down. Key number two. As God has blessed each of us with gifts and abilities, we are to use these to serve others, not self, as a billboard for His grace. One of the questions that the Lord convicted me on this past week, and I'll share it with you, because maybe there's a struggle that you have like I do at times, but am I, are you, are we as excited to extend God's grace as we are to receive it? I mean, I think we'd all shout a hearty Baptist amen on receiving God's grace, amen? But are we as excited to extend it, especially to those people who don't like us? especially those that are talking about us and slandering us? Are we still gracious to them? Do we still bless them and just say, Lord, just do a work? It's all about grace, right? Grace, G-R-A-C-E, the old acronym, God's redemption at Christ's expense. God's redemption at Christ's expense. Unmerited favor. We didn't do anything to achieve this. You can't achieve it. It's all about God through the power of the Holy Spirit that He illuminates. He gets into that sinner's heart. How many times do we hear about sin in our culture today? Got to be careful. Matter of fact, here's a, a true story. So Kristen and I were, this is many years ago, we were sitting in an office and if I told you the name of this ministry, you'd go, oh, really? I'd say, yeah, we were sitting right there. And we were talking with them and uh, just praying through some things. This is years ago. And I'll never forget this. We're sitting there. And the guy looks at me, and this is what he says. He says, man, we, we like what's going on here. This is amazing, but you need to find different words for sin and repentance. As God is my witness. Right then, man, I just checked out. 
I don't want to be anywhere near this place. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> That's the whole point of the gospel. That's the whole point of the gospel. If you skip over sin and you skip over repentance and it's just happy and it's feel good, that's spiritual malpractice. It's all about the gospel. It's all about just hearts and the hearts become so enamored. Yes, the gospel's offensive. Let's get over it. The gospel's offensive. But I would much rather, I will much rather offend someone the gospel than to sit back, sit on my hands, and usher them into a godless hell. Won't do it. Already made the decision, won't happen. Not going to happen. Not on my watch. Must be a billboard for God's grace. First Corinthians says it like this. Chapter 12, one body with many members. 20 through 26. First Corinthians, write it down. 12, 20 through 26. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Hmm, that's interesting. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. 24, which our more presentable parts do not require. Now here it is, the two words. Anytime you see these two words in Scripture, listen up. But God has so composed the body, given greater honor to the part that lacked it. Why? That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And all God's people said. That's powerful, isn't it? You talk about a picture of unity. You talk about a picture of turning the world upside down. You talk about excitement. You talk about enthusiasm. You talk about looking away from self and making a difference. Because here he closes with this verse, verse 11. He says this, whoever speaks, I love this, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves, there it is again, so he's recapping here, as one who serves, how? By the strength that God supplies, there it is. Why? In order that in everything, God may be glorified. How? Through Jesus Christ, Jesus Christos. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. So here's the big red bow on this package, if you will. This gift, this present that God has given us. The entire aim of our speaking about the wonders of our great God or when we demonstrate hospitality and we serve others, is God's glory. Period. Period. That's it. Think about this for a moment, church. In everything that you do from this moment forward, in everything that I do from this moment forward, can you imagine, just picture this, go on a a field trip with me, get your permission slips, let's go on a field trip together, here it is. 
Can you imagine if in everything that I do and everything you do from this moment forward, our aim is just not intellectually, it's just not verbally, but we actually go, we're going to demonstrate this, we're going to do this. It's all about God's glory. Can you imagine what God's going to do in our lives? Can you imagine what God's going to do in your family? Can you imagine what God's going to do in our church? Can you imagine what God's going to do in our community? It's all about your glory, God. And whatever it costs me, that you'll say, you know what, I don't care if none go with me, I'm still following Jesus. Can you imagine, church, how God's going to bless that? That's why key number three, here is our final key. Write it down. Key number three, a true believer's aim, true believer, not false, true believer's aim is to serve others in God's strength, not their own strength. Why? So that He may be glorified. Write it down. Key number three, a true believer's aim is to serve others in God's strength, not their own strength, so that the why, He may be glorified. The overarching purpose in every true believer's life. If you're a true believer today, and again, I pray everyone is. If you're not, man, I pray today will be the day that you don't surrender some, but you surrender all, and you give everything to the King, and get set free from the enemy of self, get set free from that self-imposed prison you're living in, of the past and the pain and the hurt and the fret and the worry. Every true believer, though, who's a true Christ follower will have God's glory as their aim. Well, how do we do that? Well, let me give you some verses. Here it is. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Write that down. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. And the translators put this subtitle, putting on the new self. Putting on the new self. Here it is. Verse 12, Colossians 3. Put on, do something, right? Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing, verse 13, with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. 14, and above all, have we heard this one before, church? These put on love, which binds everything together in, this is so key, in perfect harmony. Now, pause there for just a moment. If your family and your ball team and your business and your church are not in perfect harmony, what can we deduct from that verse? that there's not a true love that needs to be there. It binds it all in perfect harmony. And this is so beautiful, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ, I love that. And let the peace of Christ rule, rule. It, it's ruling and it's reigning. It's dominating. It's taking over. The peace of God would dominate my life, your life, your heart, to which you were called in one body, 
and be thankful. 16, here it is. And this is what we love here at this church. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, all you hymn lovers said, and spiritual songs. What? With thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Don't you love the Word of God? 1 Peter chapter 4, and here we are right over here in Colossians chapter 3. Peter's writing, Paul's writing, and don't you love how the dots get connected? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And in whatever you do, do everything, whether word or deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. So what did we learn today, class? What did you learn? When you look down at your notes in front of you, what did you learn today? We learned that we serve others joyfully without grumbling, complaining. We learned to serve others as a manager of God's grace in our lives that will be held accountable. And we learned that we serve others for God's glory, not ourselves, and we do it by His strength through the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's my question. As we continue, church, in this new year, as you journey, as I journey in this new year, are we going to ask, what will we do with Jesus? Or will we begin to ask, Jesus, what do you want to do with me? My prayer is that I, that you, would want to serve God with everything we got to get on the mission, to get behind the mission, and to watch God do amazing things for His praise and for His glory. Amen? Oh, Father, as we pray today, as we seek You, Lord, we know the enemy's not pleased. We know the enemy's not happy. But Lord, we don't take orders from Him. We take orders from King Jesus. And so Father, today as we just simply just fall at Your feet, Lord, as we open our hearts, as we open our minds, as we reflect, as we think, as we ponder, as we, we marinate on the truth of the Gospel today, God, will You find us faithful? God, will you find us obedient? Oh, Father, in a church culture all across our country that seeks to please people, God, we want to please you. And so, God, don't allow us to surrender some. Father, I pray that if we don't mean this song, I pray we don't even sing it. I pray today that me and everyone in the church house, everyone online, that if you really mean this today, that you're going to surrender everything to Jesus.
I pray you sing it with everything you got. Holy Spirit, will you move right now? Will you stir? Like right now, Holy Spirit, both in this room and online, will you stir? Will you remove the blinders and the scales for those that are walking in deception right now? they got a great head knowledge about you. They did all the external things. But the reality is they're on the wide path that leads to destruction. Oh God, I pray, Holy Spirit, will you grip and grab hold of their hearts today? Father, will you move in power as we surrender all to you? May you receive the glory. May you receive the praise as we humble ourselves and bow before you in this time of true reflection, in this time of true contemplation, in this time, Holy Spirit, where you have our attention and we're listening. What do you want us to do? As we serve others without grumbling, as we serve others without complaining, as we get behind the mission and focus on what really matters, your holiness, your glory, the fear of you, your word, fervent prayer, true biblical discipleship. Keep us dialed in, Father. Keep us unified. And we'll be quick. We will be quick. Oh, we will. And we will be quick to give you all the praise and give you all the glory because that's our aim from the beginning. And we pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You've been listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. Don't forget that all of these messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. That's thisdayministries.org. In addition, if you have been blessed by the teaching of God's Word during This Day in the Word, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is info at thisdayministries.org. Thanks again for listening as we strive to honor Christ and impact our world as we spend this day in the Word.